This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Let me guess. Unknown caller? You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Welcome back to the channel. Hope you're all keeping safe and well. I've just returned from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where, of course, Spurs have just beaten West Ham United 3-1. A Hunmin Son double. A Harry Kane double. <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur are now fifth in the Premier League and we are only three points away from the top four. And I have three very, very special guests uh, to talk about today's game. Let's introduce them first of all. We've got actor Andy Linden. Andy, how are you? Of course, you've been in the likes of Harry Potter and Count Arthur Strong and many, many other shows. How are you? I, get, I am great, as I said earlier on. Now we um, got a great result today, guys. Uh, a very good Cheltenham. Good sport, uh, horse racing, especially when you win. Um, it's never gambling when you're winning. It's called winning. And, uh, yeah, I'm very pleased here a minute. Um, a very, very, very happy bunny. Well, it's always nice to have new guests on when we win, when we're all smiling. It really is. Uh, you know, these few weeks of winning, losing, winning, losing. I, I really hope that we would get the three points today. We've also got Mike Apps with us. We've got, uh, you know, Mike, you're, you're new to the show as well. How are you? Very well. Thank you, Chris. Very well indeed. I've been really looking forward to, to coming on and making my debut tonight, but obviously it added an extra kind of element to watching the game today that I was thinking, you know, when Spurs lose normally, I just sort of go into hiding for a few days and unless I have to go into the office, in which case, as everyone knows, you're kind of the, the centre of, of attention for everyone else. Um, but no, really enjoyable uh, watching that match, that performance today and um, great to be here talking about three points, which I think really sets us up nicely for, for the closing couple of months of the season now. 
I should have said, actually, Mike, you're a um, BBC broadcast journalist and presenter for BBC South News. So uh, welcome to the channel and so glad to have you on. So thanks for your time. We've also got Ricky Champagne Norwood uh, with <laughs> us, actor, of course, former EastEnders actor. Ricky, how are you? I am buzzing, my friend. I am buzzing. Um, I haven't stopped smiling since the, that final whistle blew. Oh, I'm ecstatic. I can't wait to get into it tonight. Beautiful three points. A three points that we needed today. We needed to show up. We needed to show us fans. Antonio Conte has just said, I enjoyed watching my team play this type of football, as I'm sure you did today. Your thoughts on today's match? Yeah, we did. We, um, I thought we, we moved the ball intelligently today. We moved it quick. Um, look, oh, look, I've got to declare it. Um, the first sort of seven or eight minutes, we were a little bit sloppy with our passing. And I thought, oh, no, here we go again. Oh, no. Because I'm, I, you know, I'm one of these Tottenham fans who... Uh, I'm not exactly a glass half empty. I'm not exactly a glass half full. I'm one of these Tottenham fans who, who haven't got a glass. <laughs> um, but once we got the goal, I thought we settled. But that settled us down. And we did play some good inventive football Uh uh Players were making intelligent uh, runs, and I'm thinking, it, it, is this Tottenham? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm in the stadium. <laughs> we played, and it was. Um, let's have it right here. Um, when we played at Welkers, um, sorry, West Ham. Um, <laughs> it, 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 um, it is their cup final. Believe me, we've all been to Upton Park and uh, the uh, the new. London, uh, whatever. I can't remember what it's called now. I don't care. Um, it's a tough game and they are an yep. improved side, in my opinion. Look, two seasons ago, uh, they were flirting with relegation and due to Moyes, credit where it's due, they are an improved side who've got shape. But yes, we played really well today. I thought the second half, I don't know about you guys, at 2-1, I'm thinking, it's getting a bit nervy here. It's getting a little bit nervy. Yeah. And, but route one, um, in, uh, yeah. joyous for me, but deep, deep relief, sirs. Deep, deep relief. But we did play well today, um, I think. The two new lads are settling in very well. I was slightly dubious. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I, I you know, when we got them, but um, it's it is coming together. Um, great result today uh, against a, a, a tricky team. It's one of them games that we would have lost in the past. But no, well done, uh, well done, Tottenham. Uh, that's really cranked my engine up. Uh, Pardon me while I drink more wine. Uh, <laughs> slowly but um, delightfully become inebriated and perhaps later on embarrass myself on YouTube. <laughs> Andy, I've got, I've got to ask you, actually, because I know you've just come in as well um, yes. from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. The crowd today, Antonio Conte wanted the crowd to get behind the team. They've certainly done that today, didn't they? 
Oh, didn't they just? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, there were one or two that ran onto the pitch. One of them wasn't me, yeah. I can assure you. Um, but uh, yes, we did get behind it. And, and, and he's right. And look, um, like every other Tottenham fan, we need him at Tottenham next season. Uh, uh, as I said, I'm the ultimate pessimist when it comes to Spurs, but um, we need him at Spurs now. And uh, you know, I think the ball now I've got to back him. I mean, we've got a good squad, but let's be brutally honest. Well, it's certainly in my opinion, um, we need wing backs. If we're going to play this system, we need wing backs. I also think we need another centre half, possibly a left sided centre half. Uh, and a backup forward wouldn't go amiss, guys. Um, yeah. Apparently, um, we haven't bought a forward in six transfer windows, which is uh, jaw-dropping. Um, but he needs to be backed. Antonio needs to stay, and we've got to give him a chance to develop this team. Andy, you've, you've nearly covered every single subject of this show, so we've nearly done it. Oh, <laughs> That's all right. We'll certainly cover all of those subjects later on in the show. Uh, Mike, let's come to you. Um, thoughts on today's game? Because it is exactly what we wanted. We are now only three points away from the top four. It's been the perfect week. A, a win at Brighton on Wednesday and then a win today. Well, I've had a, a, a strange week because I think, like I'm sure everyone, I was so kind of shell-shocked and disappointed after the Man United game last Saturday night. And it's so easy to kind of, after a result like that and the way it went for us, just think, that's it. I mean, how many times this season have we all probably at some point said, that's the top four done, that's us out of it now, let's just concentrate on, you know, top half finish, top six, whatever. <laughs> but kind of what you then do, or at least what I do is, I find and it's it can be my absolute downfall, but give it a couple of days and I start to think, well, hold on. We've got Brighton on Wednesday and Arsenal have got Liverpool. They're going to lose to Liverpool. We, we can beat Brighton. And then Aston Villa's a tough game for Arsenal on, on Saturday lunchtime. And then we've got West Ham. And I, to be honest, I got to a point towards the end of the week where I was telling people, we're going to be above Arsenal on goal difference come Sunday night. That's how confident I felt sort of going into it. Sadly, didn't quite work out, as we know. But um, no, I think really, to me, this week sums up the rest of our season now um, that... It is all about what Tottenham do in our fixtures. You know, you look at the games that Spurs got left. You look at the games that Arsenal and Man United have got left. And on paper, I yeah. truly believe that the points are there to be won, that Tottenham can do this. But it's just about that consistency. And that's why I took such satisfaction from that win today, because it's just proving to everyone, but most importantly, proving to, to the players themselves that they are capable of stringing a couple of results together for the first time this year, let's not forget. So um, that's really encouraging. I think there was times in that first half where I thought this is just going to be an absolute pleasure, like it was watching the, the Everton game or the Leeds game. But you knew London derby, such as it was, it was never going to be that way. And I have to say that corner, what was it, on sort of midway through the second half where they got that <clears throat> un unlikely corner off Son, I've... I've never watched a corner with the same tension that I do from sort of a penalty kick because it just felt like we've been doing everything to avoid West Ham getting another corner. Here it comes. This is just certainly yeah. going to be a goal. So when that passed, I think we all breathed a sigh of relief. The second Son goal went in and it was just relax now. Let's enjoy 
our Sunday <laughs> night. And uh, yeah, I feel so positive about it. And the quotes coming from Conte after the game, he feels really positive about it as well, which is something that in recent weeks you can't take for granted, really. So it's sad to say in some respects, but that's one of the, the, the great wins today, that it seems we've got a motivated team, a motivated fan base and a motivated manager, which is all important. Well, Conte has just said um, it's a pity to have the international break at this moment. We are in good form. Um, Ricky, let's come to you. Um, your thoughts on today's game? Bro, oh my gosh. I mean, you know, before the game, I was, I was, I was bang up for it. And, and what I wanted and I know what Conte wanted was to see that desire, that will, that determination, you know, to, to go beyond effort, to go beyond commitment. To, to reach the next levels. And today we saw that, you know, we always know that it's West Ham's cup final, but today we had to turn up as if it was one of our finals today. And, you know, we saw that throughout the side. It was disappointing when they scored because I felt that we was in such control of the game that to give them any encouragement, uh, yeah. I, I was just like, oh, come on now. And for the 10 minutes in the second half, you know, 45 to 60 minutes, 10, 15 minutes in the second half, West Ham were about it and they... They were putting us under a little bit of pressure. But if we look at it really and truly, how many saves did Hugo have to pull out the bag today? How many shots on target were there from West Ham, really? One. We can, One. It was, there you go, right? So we controlled the game. We, you know, we put on the counter-attack when it was time to put it on. We calmed it down when it was time to calm it down. We controlled the game. It was fantastic to see. And I saw um, um, uh, uh, Conte say after the game, that he kind of want, he said after like five months of working with the boys that he wanted to enjoy watching the boys today. And you saw it, you saw it today. So that means he's trusting the boys with not only the tactics, but with, with the will to win, with, with the intelligence, with the knowledge to go out there and get and secure the three points, you know? And we've done that, we've done that. Outstanding performances from Benton Kerr, Kulazewski, week in, week out, he just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. There was a flick on 39 minutes from Kulazewski, and I was just like, what is going on here? You know, so it's just uh, it's just so nice to see that these building blocks that we've been putting in week, week after week, performance after performance, whether that be a win or a loss, you know, we're, we're starting to see what type of side this Conte Tottenham is right now. And it just puts us in a fantastic position to go full steam ahead on this crazy train, as Lee McQueen likes to call it, this crazy train that we're always on as a Tottenham fan. It's great to put the, all the coal in, all the fuel into the fire, and let's go at it for the last couple of games of this season. Let's go have it. Come on. So, so Ricky, are you with Mike? Are you believing again? I'm believing again. You, I, I mean, you, you heard me after, <laughs> after Man United. I'm the same, a bit like Mike there. Like, after Man United, I was kind of like, all right, well, that's it. That's it. It's gone now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then we, we turn up against Brighton and you know, I was like, all right, really good performance, clean sheet. They whipped in cross after cross after cross. Do you know what I mean? And I was on last word on Spurs after the Brighton game and I did. They asked me, what was your predicted scoreline? And I said, 3-1 Tottenham. So, like, to, to, to get that today, you know, but, but you just don't know what Tottenham's going to turn up. So to get that today, just <laughs> again, just certifies all the belief, all the want, you know, and, and it is showing, it's showing not only the, the fans in the club, but it's showing those players that if they work hard and all the struggles and all the sacrifices that they're doing in training, that the results can come after it. So yeah. oh, it's just a beautiful, positive place to be in going into, into this international break right now. 
It really is. Um, Andy, let's come to you. Let's talk about uh, the Tottenham Hotspur starting eleven today. Hugo Lloris in goal. The back three of Romero, Dyer and Davis. Matt Doherty and uh, Regulon as wing-backs. In midfield, Benton Kerr and Hoybier. And the forward three of Kulishevsky, Hunmin Son and Harry Kane. Fully expected lineup, really, wasn't it? Yes, it's a lineup I think is used for uh, the last um, three or four games. Um, as I said, I, I like the new two boys. They've settled in surprisingly quickly. Um, Kulishevsky works bloody hard. He is skillful. You do think, my God, if this kid had pace, he could be potentially unplayable at times if he had pace. But you can't have everything. I wish I had hair. But, he, uh, <laughs> you know, like that way I could say to you, where are you going? I'm off to the barbers. <laughs> uh, but, um, anyway, that's uh, that, that's another problem. But, uh, yeah, um, it, it seems a settled side. Um, I don't mean to dig any players out. Oh, yes, you do. No, I don't. Um I do think, in my opinion, that we are. If we're going to play with wing-backs, we're going to need, in my opinion, uh, more than Doherty, more than Reggie, in my opinion. You know, if we're going to play, we're going to need wing-backs who can occupy defence. It, it, but um, at the moment, things are very peachy. We're going very well. Uh, I know Conti's very... Um, Sort of frustrated about um, it's an international break, but guys, at least we won, and we can we can all jolly well watch match of the day time and time and time and time and time again tonight. Um, yeah, he, he wants a settled side, um, so I think the likes of uh, you know Mora and uh, one or two others are going to have to sit it out. Um, but um, yeah. It, it's a settled side, isn't it, at the moment? And yeah. uh, like you guys, I too was upset about the uh, United game. I thought overall we played well. Again, it was a set piece that did us. Um, I, I felt like uh, I thought I was going to go and live in a Scottish Glen for a week. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll suffer it at home. But yeah, a settled side. Um, <laughs> Uh, I am now rambling on, really. I'll probably end up in some uh, verbal cul-de-sac, really. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, um, it's uh, no, it's a settled side, uh, and let's let, let's keep going. Uh, yeah, let, let's just keep going. And I'm very impressed with the two the two Juve um, boys. They've settled in very quickly. We'll come on to talk about them in detail um, shortly, Andy. Um, Mike, let's come to you. Now, we've got nine games left in the Premier League. Would you expect Antonio Conte to keep using this same 11? Because as Andy said, he's used this same 11 in the last few games. Um, when Oliver Skip comes back, do you think that he will fit in? Do you think Hoybier will possibly make way for him? I think, absolutely. I think, you know, there's no doubt the way Conte talks about Skip, he rates him so highly and he's so disappointed to, to not have him. So I think that's one that you could absolutely see him being brought in to, to, to play alongside um, Bentancourt. I think the one the one for me is, uh, is Sessegnon, because um, I just feel today, whilst you can't fault the commitment of, of Regulon and, and the engine that he's got, it's fantastic. You know, it just showed again today, 
these positions he gets himself into. And it's it's the combination of it's either where where he's played through on goal and sadly he just doesn't have the, the composure <laughs> or the confidence to, to do anything with it. But then equally frustrating is just where he gets the ball and he doesn't take his man on. And I think with, with Sessegnon, he we all know he's 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 far from um the finished article, but he has got that um history behind him of, of the games he played at Fulham on loan in Germany last year, where I think it's it's really telling that, you know, he got his chance because Regulon had COVID a month ago at, at Man City. And when Regulon was back fit, we all sort of wondered how quickly he's going to come back in. But it was just so telling that Conte stuck with him. So I think he would absolutely be playing if he was fit. And I think he's going to be a big plus when he comes back in. But yeah, I think Skip and Sessegnon, I have to say, in terms of the other options... I mean, I feel a little bit for Bergvine because I feel the move was on the table for him, I think, in January. And I think if we got Luis Diaz, I think he'd be an Ajax player now. And I think it's possibly going to be one of those where he ends up as, as a backup for the rest of this season and goes in the summer and, and maybe feels a bit frustrated with how the last few weeks goes. But then, of course, as we saw against Leicester, he can produce these moments. So perhaps he's got something to, to give us still. But But yeah, I think basically... With one or two changes, that's going to be the starting eleven. And with you know, apart from fitting in this Arsenal game somewhere, one game a week, we're now at last in that territory of of, of what Conte does best. You know, training the players through the week, coaching them to within an inch of their lives, so they know exactly what they've got to do on the pitch. And and the signs are that it's it's really starting to sink in now, which is great. Mike, it's fair to say since Antonio Conte has come in, he's improved a number of these Spurs players. Do you think he can improve them any further than what he's done so far? I think so. Um, but I think it's it's just really interesting. I mean, I think what I find interesting is, I mean, Dyer's, I think it's Dyer 28 now, something like that. I mean, he's, he's yeah. been playing us for, for, for so long, but he's still, isn't it that phrase that Conte uses for everybody? I think maybe the one player he hasn't said this about is Lloris, but everyone else he says there's, there's big space for improvement. And, you know, you see that written down and it sounds like it could be a criticism. But I think when it comes from Conte, it sounds actually encouraging. I think it's yep. when he says you've got no chance of improving, you've got to worry in a Conte squad. So I think, yeah, I think there's 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 more to come from a lot of them. And I think, you know, that's why I think that goal today, that would be the frustration for him, that it wasn't a clean sheet. And that, you know, we've got this concern over corners and crosses into the box and, and set pieces, we really don't want to give them away. So that's possibly where we can improve upon. But, you know, in fairness, it's a case of Conte being savvy enough to, to look at it as Mourinho did and say, in that link-up between Son and Kane, I've got something which is, you know, the best in the league. So why wouldn't I look to just give them every opportunity to, to thrive? And, and with Kulisewski added to that, it's, it's looking like a, a really good um, extension of that partnership now. Ricky, let's get your thoughts on the uh, on the starting eleven again, because of course, after today's game, Tottenham Hotspur have tweeted uh, where fans can vote for their man of the match: Romero, Hunmin Son, Harry Kane, and Benton Kerr. Now, when you look through the spine of the team, now uh, you know Hugo Lloris, Christian Romero, uh, Hunmin Son, Harry Kane up front, Benton Kerr in midfield. Um, it seems a really good spine of the team, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's growing week in week out. It's growing week in week out. I think. What is really encouraging right now is that if we look at seasons gone by, especially last season, you know, we didn't have a settled back four. We didn't have a settled midfield. Yeah. Uh, we, we knew that Harry and Sonny would play and probably Lucas. But, you know, the rest of the side was undecided. And 
that that showed in results as well. That showed in performances. You know, every there, there were too many games last season where there there were t- there were players that dropped off and left it to somebody else. It wasn't their responsibility. But having a settled back five, having a settled midfield, where they're starting to trust each other, they're starting to learn each other's games, they're starting to um, fight and work for each other. It's beautiful to see. We haven't seen it in a long time. And having these one game weeks now, basically, um, even though we've had a couple of midweeks, but, you know, having this, these, these one game games a week right now, they have got an opportunity to build on this week in, week out. They've got an opportunity to increase those performances. If we look at uh, Regulon and Doherty uh, right now, like, so, look, Conte's a magician right now. I, I never thought that we'd see the performances out of Davies that we've seen, out of Dyer that we've seen, you know. Um, even Doherty. Doherty was out the door for me a long time ago. But for him to come back in and and to have encouraging performances, he's had a, a, a couple of dips, but but have encouraging performances. You know, today he, he wrestled the ball off of one of the West Ham players that set up the first goal, you know. Um, but at the same time, he lost it. Yeah. Uh, in 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 the in the case where we conceded that uh, goal against West Ham, so we can see he's still got a bit of roughness in him, but we can see that if Conte can improve a player like Doherty, who was all the way out the door for every single fan, um, then there there are miles to go with the rest of this squad. On on Regulon, he his work rate up and down. All right, cool. His crosses wasn't as crisp today and he didn't get on um, the end of uh, Kane's balls and kind of fire off shots as much as he could have the, today. But if you look at his work rate, it was it was on top today. He was up and down that left-hand side like nobody's business. Do you know what I mean? He was there overlapping for the attacks and he was, you know, all the way running back for those defensive um, manoeuvres that he was he was pulling out. So, it, there is there is so much more to come from this team. We have only just begun in this in this kind of Conte era right now. I know it's been five months he's been here, but we're starting to see and they've said it. I think Hugo said it today on N17 after the game that, you know, they're starting to have muscle memory with the tactics and with the positions on the ball and off the ball. So now we're going to get to see a proper Conte Tottenham. And how beautiful is that going into the last run-in of the Premier League, it sets us up beautifully. Sets us up beautifully. It's exciting, though, isn't it? Because you know we had 17 shots today, four on target, but we are creating you know a number of chances. And I think that if our fullbacks um, could finish, if Regulon could finish, you know, if Antonio Conte works on that part of his game, um, he could score a lot of goals during a season. Um, Andy, let's come to you. Let's talk about the uh, the first goal after nine minutes. It went down as a Zuma own goal in the end, but great work from Matt Doherty. Harry Kane crossed. It looked like Hunmin Song got on the end of it, but it came um, off Zuma, as I said, um, 1-0 Spurs. Um, what have you made of... Uh, we, we'll first talk about Matt Doherty. What have you made of him under Antonio Conte? Because this is certainly a player that Conte has improved. Absolutely. I think he's improved all of them. Um, uh, as Ricky pointed out, uh, it was actually Doherty's tackle and press that won the ball. Fed the cave, if my memory served me right, and uh, crossed. And the new forward we got own goal. Um, he scored about nine. This this fellow we bought <laughs> own goal. Uh, I've never seen him, uh, Michelle, but uh, we all know of him. Uh, 
scored. Um, uh, uh, apparently, this time around, it was a, uh, a vicious cat kicker. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, um, it was constantly booed. Um, yeah. Uh, although I thought they may have cheered cheered him today, being as though he got did us a favour. But yes, Docker, he has improved, and he's improved uh, uh, I think most players. Um, Dyer as well, look, um, I don't know how you guys feel, but um, Dyer's a good, honest player, but uh, over the years, he tends to switch off, he doesn't read the game, he's guilty of ball-watching, and I think Conti is trying to squeeze that out of him. And he has improved several players. Uh, look, Davis, uh, uh, as you guys pointed out, um, yes, I know it's a role that he plays for Wales, but um, he's even began to move forward. Um, so, yes, um, he, he, you know, Antonio, he, he has improved the squad. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, I feel that, but as he says, look, he's not a magician. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I honestly believe that most of the players. He, he is well, a magician, Andy. He is. He is, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> well, he is, isn't he? Oh, well, he declared that he wasn't, but no, if you say he is, he is fine. Um, I bet he's never wrote a room, but there you go. But, <laughs> Andy, let me come back to you on the point about Eric Dyer because uh, some Spurs fans this week have been disappointed that he hasn't been included in the England squad. Were you disappointed? No, good. That means he's not injured. Uh, you know, I'm being very selfish. Um, perhaps he should have been. Look, he has improved. Uh, and I think, again, uh, I'm being repetitive, that is down to uh, Conte. But I think he's improved most players um, uh, at the uh, as Mike pointed out, uh, you know, in the squad, uh, as I we've been through him, Doherty, who, and I really don't mean to be castigating here, but we, same with Reggie, he works bloody hard, but they need replacing guys. If we want to be in this, so, and I don't mean to be critical, if we want that lovely you know, constant European Champions League tours, I think we need upgrades in certain areas. And I believe Conte believes this as well. He has tried to improve them all, and he has. But um, I think if we're going to go to the next step, uh, I think Conte believes this as well. We are going to need backing, and we're going to need another centre-half, wing-backs, possibly another midfielder to give us options. Oh, I've said all this before. Um, but yes, to answer your question, uh, yes, he's improved them. Mike, um, let's come to you. Um, let, let's stay with that first goal because uh, it was great work from Matt Doherty. Um, Harry Kane then crossed and then Zuma put it in his own net. Um, for you, Matt Doherty, you know, he's, he's come under a lot of criticism from Tottenham Hotspur fans. It's really nice to see him in this form at the moment. I know exactly what Andy's saying. You know, we've got nine Premier League games left. Of course, in an ideal world, we would have um, an, another couple of wing-backs, but we've got to make do, and Antonio Conte has got to get the best out of these group of players to get us, you know, possibly Champions League football at the end of the season. But, you know, for what he's doing right now, have you been impressed with Matt Doherty in these last few months? I have. I mean, I think 
I don't know if the players would see it this way, but I think probably the reality is that for that right back position for the rest of this season, Emerson and and Doherty are basically competing to be probably the backup right back for us for next season because I can't see both staying. I think yeah. you know traditionally you might sort of say there'd be an attitude at the club of like what do we spend about twenty three million on on Emerson, so we've got to keep him. We've got to really work at improving him. But I think you know then providing Conte stays, I think there's just a general acceptance that he was bought for a different manager. He doesn't really fit into the system. He tries and he's had some decent games. You know, that, that game against Brighton in the Cup, he played the best I think he's he's played in that position for him. But generally speaking, he, he does feel like a bit of a square peg in a round hole. And I think really you could see whether we'd get enough of our money back on him in the summer to say we'll sell him. You could see him going out on loan somewhere for next season. And then hopefully, you know, we'd get a... a sort of bespoke right wing back, someone who who knows that position, who's going to be a first choice. And then it's for Doherty to sort of share the games with him. But no, I think I think he's he's shown a good attitude. I think we're all being surprised by it. Even in the January transfer window, at one point, I think we all thought he'd gone to Wolves in a swap deal for Triora. I think we'd all completely given up on him. But um, no, he's, you have to give him credit for, for um, knuckling down and... Um, <sighs> When when he conceded the, the the corner, and of course you knew they were going to score from it, you just sort of thought, is it ever going to really work for him in a Tottenham shirt? So I was pleased that it wasn't um, a decisive mistake, shall we say? Um, and I hope that uh, you know he can be just as uplifted by the result as everyone else and take that form into the other side of the international break. Ricky, let's come to you. In the 24th minute, um, Hunmin Son scored to make it 2-0. A great move. Davis uh, to Benton Kerr to Harry Kane. A superb ball. Harry uh, Hunmin Son then finished for 2-0. Talk us through that goal. Oh, bro. I mean, oh, my gosh. You know what? It was just like, at the time, I, you could see it. You could see the pattern and you just want them to do it. And they done it. You know, like Benton Kerr again. Like, uh, this guy is so much class in midfield. Not only does he have great feet and a great touch and great vision, but again, work rate. Again, intelligence. His intelligence to know when to push the play and when to calm the play. When, when he sees Romero rolling up, um, um, going forward, or when Davies is going forward, he's the one that drops back with Dyer, And it's just like they're starting to trust each other right now. So to see that move play off, we know what, what, what Kane and Sonia are about. For them to get another combined goal today, to just push those stats, stats up even more, again, sublime. And what a goal. What a goal from Sonny. They were saying it was a deflection. I didn't really see the deflection, but the bend on the ball, the way he got it, the way he shot it, it was just, it was just mwah, exquisite, bruv. Exquisite. It was exquisite. And, and thoroughly deserved. And I know a lot of people kind of talk about this, oh, the, the own goal, you know, the own goal that we signed in January or whatever his name was. But um, if you look at it, really, it's, it's to do with our attacking play. It's to do with how kind of how um, dangerous we are on the front foot when we are pushing forward. That danger creates confusion in defenders, which then results in an own goal. So again, all right, the stat is for Mr. Own Goal. But really and truly, it goes to the team for pressing them, for pushing them, for, you know, you know, confusing those defenders with our, with our offensive play and, and with, with our fantastic players right there. 
you know. So um, for for Sonny to score that, I mean, the first goal as well should have been Sonny's. All right, Zuma made it a known goal, but should have been Sonny's as well. And uh, it was just beautiful. Mr. Tottenham turns up again. Sonny's been doubted the last couple of weeks, but you got to remember that Sonny will always turn up for Tottenham. He is he is a Mr. Tottenham right now. Do you know what I mean? Ever since the summer when he signed that new contract and he didn't know whether Harry was going to be there, he decided to step up to the plate, you know. And yes, he has a couple of dips. Yes, he has a, a, a few kind of quiet, quieter moments. But the crowd were with him today. They pushed him on. And that's what I was really, it was really lovely as well to hear as well from the crowd. Not only were they singing and cheering and hollering when we was winning, when we was in the ascendancy, but every time we had a dip, they picked the boys back up again. There was, you know, they let them know that we was with them. Let them know, let's go again. Let them know that, like, we got you. We've got your back, either which way. So to score that second goal right there, sublime, brother, sublime. Andy, let's come to you. What have you made of the criticism uh, for Hunmin Son in these last few weeks? Um, uh, he's uh, he's been a great servant for Tottenham and still is. He's two-footed. He's still got a bit of toe about him. He loves the club. Um, Ricky's right. Look, yes, he has dipped recently. He has. Yeah, look, if we're brutally honest, but um, yeah, we are talking about a fellow who's been who's a great servant to Tottenham. He's got, what, over 100 goals, guys? I don't know. I wouldn't know. Uh, I'm sure it is. But, um, again, he worked hard today. Um, but I thought they all did, really. But uh, songs, uh, Sonny, uh, um, uh, Pop would always call him, um, has been a great servant to Tottenham. Um, and we, we bought him, what, for a steal, what, 23 mil, was it? All those... Something like that. Well, that was, you know, uh, bargain. I don't know. That's the word I was looking for, chaps. Yes, uh, bargain. Um, yes, uh, as Ricky was saying, look, he has dipped um, the last few weeks. Um, if we're brutally, and I'm not trying to fire into him, um, but uh, Ricky brought it up, I have to agree as well. But um, look, he's a great servant for Tottenham. Um, you know, he's got pace, he can drop a shoulder, two-footed as well, prefers the right foot. Um, but, um, you know, uh, uh, he signed a new contract, as Ricky was saying. So we've got him for next season. And uh, and his partnership with Kane, they kind of read one another, don't they? The chemistry was there. Look, that ball from Kane. Yeah. So, I mean, the moment, this is what I, I was saying to you earlier on about what I was impressed with Spurs was the intelligent movement uh, uh, that, that, that we were uh, exercising. Um, we were moving the ball quickly. I mean, before I end this, I think, I've got to be honest, I think Harry's our best midfielder as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Harry at times is capable of would dare I say, Hoddle-esque passes. Mm. You know, where, you know where you kind of, you do that double take, that, where, where did that come from? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, the game against City, I know we're talking about a, a song, but the City game where Kane was just, ah, oh, he was like two moves in front of, uh, and she just couldn't handle him. Uh, 
So yeah, we. I'm as I keep saying, I'm really impressed with the uh, uh, the two new buys and uh, uh, Bentecure will become, I think, a really good player for Tottenham. And as Ricky said, an intelligent player. Uh, but yes, uh, Sonny is. Well, I think he will go down as a legend. Yeah. Mike, let's come to you. Um, although Harry Kane didn't get on the score sheet today, two assists for him for both Hunmin Song goals. What more can you say about Harry Kane that hasn't already been said? Because he is in exceptional form right now. He is. And I think, um, you know, whatever went on in the summer, went on in the summer, we, we are in the position we're in. And I think it's just, this is why people are so nervous regarding Conte's future. Because I think we've probably all realised that his future is so closely linked to Conte's. We, you know, would the club be so determined to hold on to him when he's got two years left on his contract as opposed to three years if, if Conte left this summer and, and, and he had offers on the table? I don't know. But I feel if Conte stays this summer, I think it would be having committed to a longer-term deal because I don't believe that the club would be content to start the season with him with, with just 12 months left on the contract. And I think that would ultimately be a vote of confidence um, that would mean a lot to, to Kane as well. Because you can see, I think, you know, he was enthused and excited about playing for Mourinho. It didn't work out, but, you know, he clearly, whatever you say about Mourinho, players like Son and Kane were excited about being able to work with someone who had, had won everything, basically. And I think the same is 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 true of Conte in terms of the things that, that, that he's achieved. So I think we've got Kane, who's who's really motivated, really switched on, not everything he tried today worked in fairness, though, you know, but it's impossible that it's it's, it's going to work every time. And the fact that he was still trying it is 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 the thing you want to see from Kane. And obviously he had you have to give a mention to, to Hoybier, who is having a bit of a habit right now of, of doing these really um deftly sort of chipped clipped balls into Kane in, in the area. It worked against Leeds a few weeks ago, yeah. and it should have worked today for that that goal that he um just couldn't quite um, put away but uh, no he's, he's in really good form um, he's got a chance maybe of, of closing in on that Aguero I think is the next big name on, on his list of targets for all-time Premier League goal scorer and I just think who knows what's going to happen in the future but right now I'm at a point as a Spurs fan with Kane that I'm just really enjoying having him every, every goal he scores for us I think that's fantastic there's another sort of number on, on, his, on his tally for us and let's hope that we can have that dream of having him stay with us for the rest of his career and, and achieve everything he wants right here. Do you think he will end up uh, breaking Jimmy Greaves' record at Spurs, Mike? If, if he stays, I think, barring injury, then absolutely. Um, but as I say, it's, it's just, it's a little bit like we've got so much on our plate right now trying to get into the top four. Yeah. I'm trying not to think too much about the summer. I'm just concentrating on, on April, first and foremost. Let's get through April. And let's yeah. see what the what the future holds. But um, but yeah, I think I do feel that Kane's future is, is really closely linked to Conte's, and and hopefully, um, you know, results like today can give us some confidence that that both of their futures involve Spurs. Ricky, let's come to you. Thirty um, fifth minute, um, West Ham, um, as we said earlier, didn't even have a shot on target to this point, um, and then of course they got the corner, and then we conceded the goal. Ben Rama. Uh, got the goal for West Ham. Um, he seemed to lose Son at the far post and had so much room uh, to put it in the net. Disappointing, wasn't it? Because Spurs at that point were fully in control of the game. Yeah, we was fully in control. Fully in control. And and that's 
what I wanted us to kind of continue doing. I didn't want to give them any type of a sniff, you know, or any type of encouragement. But that one goal came and I was just like, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? Because we had, we were playing phenomenally. We was in total control of that football and, and we dictated play throughout that first half. So to give them any encouragement, I was just like, oh, come on. Because you know what, you know, you know, it's always a barnstorm against West Ham. It's always a battle. It's never over until the 90 minutes, you know, until that last whistle is blown. It's never, ever over. And um, so to give them any encouragement, I was just like, oh, come on, Tottenham. We do, we do it to ourselves. We beat ourselves up. I don't know what it is with set plays, whether it's defending them <laughs> or taking them. It, there's a big problem there with Tottenham and set plays. You know, um, I felt that against Brighton, their their plan was to get as many crosses and as many set plays as they could. And they did that. And Brighton done that. But we defended well. We defended as a unit. So I thought, OK, cool. You know, they have worked on this in training. You know, they are aware of it. Um, so let's keep that going. So to get a corner and concede from a corner today, I was just like, oh, come on. I didn't want any of their, their, the boys to drop their body language or to drop their heads or to, you know, to be like, well, you know, and expect the worst. They didn't. They didn't. And that's what I was most impressed with um, against Man United as well. Every time we, we, we conceded a goal, the response to go and get that goal or to fight or to get back in the game, it was there. So today, as soon as they scored the goal, it wasn't like West Ham were in control. It's not like they had four shots after that. It's not like they, they, you know, made us any more nervous than it was. We almost got angry as a unit and was like, all right, let's take, let's take the ball back. And we pushed and we pushed and we pushed, you know. So um, that's what was encouraging to see. But again, I don't know what it is with set plays, Chris. I don't know what it is, mate. Whether we're defending them or taking them, there's always, there's always a drama. There's always a problem, isn't there? Yeah. Mike, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot here. I just wanted to come back to you and ask you um, your opinion on this as a broadcast journalist, because uh, 10 minutes into the second half, a number of fans run onto the Tottenham Hotspur pitch, uh, try to tie themselves to the goal, as we've seen in previous games. Can you tell us any more information of why this is happening? I don't. I mean, I, I obviously it happened particularly in the Everton game, didn't it? Where yeah. um, did you see the pictures? It was incredible. I think Jamie Carragher's got it as his Twitter profile picture now of the guy. Just his teeth. It's like his false teeth are like were going to fly out as he's got the bolt cutters just trying to get through. I did watch but, that. Yeah, but um, no, I don't know. I mean, I think the process was was something to do with 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 oil, wasn't it? For the um, for the Everton game, but but today um, the TV cameras just completely. We didn't see it on, on TV from start to finish what was going on. It was quite surreal, actually. You could see literally the players in the penalty area. They're all looking off off camera at what was going on. But I don't know. I mean, we've seen different trends in in, um, in sport over the years of, of how it is a global platform to, to get a message across. But um, no, I, d I don't know anything beyond what we've seen. It's just that, obviously, it's something that the authorities were aware of because um, I think the ground staff were on whoever was doing it today very, very quickly. So it didn't disrupt things too much. They were brilliant, actually. All of the Spurs staff, it seemed like they were all ready and they knew it was going to happen. They, they dealt with it very, very quickly. So well done uh, to Tottenham. Um, Andy, let's come to you now. During the 90 minutes at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium today, um, you know, you would have known the whole of the crowd singing Antonio and he always applauds the crowd. The Spurs fans are absolutely loving our manager right now. Big time, man. Yeah, well, he, um, as you guys have all pointed out, look, he is 
yes, he's very demonstrative. He's hugely passionate. Um, and, and I think, you know, we've all kind of connected with him, you know, uh, he, he wants it, as he says, he's driven by ambition and we all, we all like that. Um, and, uh, and the crowd have got to him as well. Yeah. You know, you know, um, he appreciates the crowd singing his name. Um, as I say, he's very demonstrative. It, it's, uh, and I, I just think people like watching him. Uh, uh, we all want him at Tottenham. Uh, uh, as I keep telling you, I think most Tottenham fans, it is imperative that he stays. Um, Look, if if Conti goes, then I will start cutting myself again. <laughs> Stop it. Stop uh, it, Andy. Probably need therapy, but uh, I might not be alone here. It'll be one of those Conti casualty. Yeah, coming. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's have a look at the Mars bars. Uh, but um, no. Andy, um, do, you, do you expect Antonio Conte to be here next season? <laughs> I, I really hope. Uh, but you, uh, as I say, I really don't mean to be the ultimate pessimist here, but you just don't know with Tottenham, do you? I, I think he's got to be. Um, the fans love him. We all do. Um, I think he's on. we're on the right route. He knows what it, You get the impression that Conte knows what he wants for this team. And he knows the areas that need filling, in my opinion. Um, but yes, the fans love him. And you can hear, hear him singing, and he appreciates that as well. And that, you know, not all managers get that, do they, really? A, a connection with the fans and the manager, um, you know. You've only got to ask a fella called Mr Graham, who won us a trophy, you know, so... Uh, uh, who I actually thought, well, don't we want a trophy? Um, but yes, we're desperate. But well, I am anyway. I'm sure thousands of Tottenham fans are that, desperate. That, that connection, though, Andy, it, it's there so quickly, isn't it? Yes, because I, I just think the emotion pours out of him. He's so demonstrative. He's so. Um, he so wants it. Yeah, maybe a lot of it also is for him, but he wants it for the club. Pock did. I thought Pock was, was a wonderful manager for us. So, all right, I know it didn't work out, but he tried to make us a league side and got us runners up for the first time in 53 years. All right, we've got to move on now. And we've actually got a manager here that, well, you know, there's hope, don't you think, guys? Mm. Andy, we've actually got a question from Colin here. Um, any more Count Arthur Strong anytime soon? Tragically, no. Although I went to see Steve. Uh, he, Steve's touring at the moment. Um, uh, he's got a great show. Um, no, there won't be. But um, they, it is what it is. You know, you've got to move on. But uh, good show, though. I, I enjoyed doing it. Mike, let's come to you. Now, in the 63rd minute, um, Hunmin Son to Harry Kane played regular on in. He wasn't happy. He felt that he was brought down, wanted a penalty. Was it a penalty for you? I'm trying to remember back to it. I think at the time, 
it's a real bugbear of, of mine this season. I can't remember a season we've had so few penalties. I mean, we had the Deli Alley one away to Wolves in the second game. Obviously, Kane against Man United. But in the league, I mean, the Kane hasn't had his best goal-scoring year. But it, if, if we got the same number of penalties as, as, as a lot of sides... Then he'd be he'd be well up the charts to be perfectly honest with you. And I do think you know coming back to some of the points the guys were making earlier, um, you know it wasn't we didn't even have like a moment where we could all groan because because Kane was stepping up to to send the the free kick over the bar as, as sadly he does most weeks right now. We didn't even have any sort of free kicks in particularly threatening no. positions today. And I, I do think that's that's an issue we need to look at that. Um, you know, the days of having like someone like Aaron Lennon tearing into the box and, and causing mayhem and, and being brought down. I think, you know, I do feel that we, we've got the players who can stretch defences to, to get that. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I remember it back to that 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 Regulon. I mean, it wasn't where you'd be sort of um, tearing your hair out saying that absolutely should have should have happened. But um, so certainly it's in the category of we've all seen them given, I think. So uh, I was disappointed we didn't get that one. Mike, you've mentioned the free kicks. Uh, we mentioned this subject on most shows that we do. Now you've mentioned it, we might as well bring it up again. Who would you have on the free kicks? I know we didn't get one today, but you know who would you have on the free kicks? Because most Spurs fans seem to be very frustrated that Harry Kane is still on them. Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer every time. And just give him a run of it. And if he goes, you know weeks a month without scoring without threatening then then you know try someone else but I look back on it and I would say the one reasonably successful free kick I can remember this season was against Leeds taken by Dyer and that's where it almost gets forgotten that it was a Dyer free kick and it was obviously Regulon who was following up to put in the back of the net but it was it was Dyer I think it was deflected onto the post and you know Obviously, in that situation, the player wants to score, and that's the aim. But if, if you can't score, then cause a bit of mayhem. And unfortunately, these cane free kicks, they just they just don't seem to get results at all. So I would say absolutely dire every time right now, and let, let, let's let's see where it can take us. Mike, do you think that Eric Dyer should have been called up to the England squad? I'm absolutely with Andy on this. That I'm disappointed for him, but with our luck, I mean, it's a whole. It's, it's been such a long time since we've had an international break. We haven't had the whole kind of drama of checking social media to see which player has uh, got a <laughs> knock against in, in Buenos Aires last night, and which which players come into close contact with someone who's got COVID. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's kind of sort of it's stressful enough when the matches are being played, let alone when there's a when there's a, a, a break in play. So, um, yeah, I think he can count himself unlucky, I think. And, and Southgate is someone who's quite loyal to players. I feel like he's shown a lot of loyalty to Harry Maguire, who's in really poor form. You could say Tyro Mings isn't having a, a brilliant season, but he's still in there. So I think it's disappointing from Dyer's point of view, particularly with what he's achieved in an English shirt in the past and, and incredible experience he's got of playing at multiple tournaments for his country. But, yeah. uh, but no, I think in fairness, you look back to, to where he was, you know, going back into the first lockdown where he was going into the crowd and having that unfortunate incident. And, and you thought at that time, is his Spurs career over? He's he's knuckled down. He's he's made that position in the heart of the three-man defence zone. And I think, you know, if, if he can continue, stay injury-free through to the end of the season and and, and get the time on the, the training pitch with Conte, then I think that will more than compensate him for, for not getting the call up for now. Hopefully, you know, it's a long time to go to we've got the World Cup this December. So maybe that's a long-term target for Dyer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, Ricky, let's come to you. Now, how impressed have you been with Christian Romero in particular today's performance? Because in the 68th minute, very, very strong, um, very powerful uh, defensive play from him. Really good play in the 70th minute again. Um, unbelievable player for us, isn't he? Unbelievable player. A player that we really needed. A player that, you know, has come in and shown his class week in, week out. Even when he gets the odd yellow, sometimes they're unnecessary yellows, like the one against Brighton, where he just hacked the man down. But that was through his own frustration. You know, he had the ball at that point, knocked it forward a little bit, lost it, realised that he lost it and they could be on a counter and then decided to take out the man. But today, if you look at him, he was so calm and composed. Um, he was always in control. At one point today, he lost the ball um, when doing one of those manoeuvres. But he sprinted back and then just shoulder, his strength, shouldered him off the, off the ball, picked it back up, and then really, really calmly set the play again. And then we was off on another counter-attack. Um, Romero gives us so much. Uh, a lot of people are kind of like, sometimes confused or sometimes a bit kind of bemused that he's in the opposition uh, penalty area or he makes those runs but it confuses the the defenders it, it confuses those defenders that are there marking Kulu or or Kane or Sonny or you know or having Benton Kerr come in it, it it confuses them having another man and another option in in the opposition box uh, he's just fantastic bro he's just fantastic I'm just so happy that we signed him um, a bit like what Andy said there, like if we can get a few more in to improve this squad in the summer, then, you know, who knows where we could be? Who knows where we could go? Um, and that's exciting in itself. But you remember, it's his first season in the Premier League. He's another kind of uh, Paratici success story, success signing. Um, he was out for I don't know how long, what, a month, two months. Um, and then he's just, since he's come back in, you, you can see he's, he's a class above. But uh, to, you know what, just to jump on Dyer, as the boys were talking about Dyer as well, the biggest thing that I can say about Dyer is this. Look at the side without him in it. So he was, he was not in the side for, I don't know, what was it, a month, maybe five weeks. And we had Sanchez there. Um, um, I can't remember, uh, Jaffa as well, who was trying to fill in. And we looked a different side. We looked a lot more shaky. When he's come in, he's leadership. Now, he's always had leadership qualities, but I feel that under Conte, that has grown so much. With, with his kind of being able to be, speak, you know, uh, Portuguese as well as English, he can, he can communicate with that back four, uh, back three, my apologies. And, you know, for someone like Mar uh, Romero to have Dyer alongside him, it, it just allows Romero to go play his game because he knows he can trust Dyer to do the job that he needs to do right there. And and that's what's really nice. That's what I was saying about kind of the continued uh, starting eleven, having that continuity right there because they're starting to trust and believe and work and fight for each other. So having Dyer is sitting alongside him right now and kind of calming the play as well as being a bit of a leader, as well as, as, well as being able to talk and communicate with everyone that's in that back five system, it's a beautiful thing, man. And, you know, if this is, and this is just scratching the surface of Romero. If we could, if we could cut out a couple of the, the, the silly yellow cards, yeah, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. But I don't want to take the fire out of him. I don't want to take the fight out of him. I, I, I think we need that. I think if you, if we go back to the Amazon documentary when Mourinho was there and he was talking about the squad being nice boys, being a nice set of boys, you know, <laughs> 
you know, talking about how we need a little bit of anger, a little bit of grit, and then he used some words that I'm not going to use on this channel right now, Chris, just because, you know, I've got love for you, brother. Um, but we all know what those words were. And Romero gives us that. He gives us a bit of an edge. He gives us a bit of fire. He, uh, and you can see his will to win. He's want to win. How much a win means to him, how much a clean sheet means to him, you know. So it's just the beginning with Romero right now. But all I can say is class, absolutely class. Rolls Royce of a defender we got there. Andy, let's come to you. In the 71st minute, Kuliszewski had a shot uh, over the bar. What have you made of uh, DJ and Kuliszewski since arriving in the January transfer window? Because him and uh, Rodrigo Bentancur, they look like they have been at Spurs for months, if not years, don't they? Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier on, I think oh, that really has impressed me that the two buys from Juve uh, overall settled in very quickly. And let's be brutally honest, guys. Um, you know, the Premiership, well, in my opinion, I, I dare say yours as well, um, is it's the quickest, the most physical league on the planet, in my opinion. Yeah. Um and they've settled in very well. Um, Kulichevsky works hard. And he is a skillful player, as I said earlier on. Look, if this kid had... Imagine if this kid had pace as well. Um, I, he could have... As I say, he could be unplayable. To, um, he, uh, I, I'm impressed with a pair of them. I thought Bentecue had a great game today as well um he's got a very sort of languid style uh i don't know if you guys agree with that um there are times when i look at it and think hang on a minute mate well, well hang on mate you've got someone up you uh and he, he he's got a sense of awareness about him I, I thought we had a terrible game against man you but you can see the technique and vision of it he's a deep lying well, my opinion is he's a deep line midfield player with defensive qualities, but the two of them, uh, um, I mean, they've only been there since January, what, uh, just under three months? Um, hugely impressed with a pair of them. And they were both really on their game today, um, in my opinion. Uh, made a huge difference. Kulachevsky. Uh, did he get an assist today? No, it was Harry, wasn't it, who got them? But, uh, uh, but um, he's 21. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, he looks 31. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, perhaps he's had an hard life. No idea. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he may have had an hard life. Uh, but um, he's 21 and... Um, he's got it all in front of him, and as I say, Benneke is give this guy time. Once, once he really sells, he could be the linchpin for Tottenham in midfield. I still think we need something else in midfield as an option, guys. You know, uh, <laughs> someone who can seriously carry the ball forward with a bit of penetration, possibly. But as down to uh, Conte. But I'm hugely impressed with a pair of them. Mike, can I come on to you um, about Benton Kerr as well? Because, um, you know, how impressed have you been with him at the heart of that centre midfield? Because these last two games, man of the match performance. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I think 
everyone made their mind up about Kulusevsky after two substitute appearances where he didn't look very good, and we've yeah brilliantly had that sort of turned turn turned around a lot. But I made my mind up on um, Bentacur after those first couple of appearances, and I thought he's going to be one of my favourite Tottenham players. You just sometimes a player makes the debut, and you just think he's got that class about him. That he'll have good games and have bad games, but he's gonna he's gonna try things in the match and he's gonna um, be confident in possession. I think you know he did a lot that was so good today, and I think one of my favourite moments was in in a in a spell of, of of dominance in the second half from from West Ham when they were getting a bit of a head of steam up, obviously without troubling Hugo, um, and he just thought this game's a little bit in the balance at two one. He was you know in the middle of midfield asking for the ball. He was making himself available. And there's been times this season, I mean, times in every season, but particularly times in this season where we've had players who, who didn't really want the ball because we were struggling. So it's great to see someone who himself, you know, he's, he's, he's what is he, 24? He's not, he's, he's, he's pretty young as well, although he's got more experience of, of, of winning with, with Juventus in the past. So no, it's a very impressive start. And I think with him and Kulisevsky, what I'm really interested in is, again, we make a lot of assumptions with them. I think we all... As pleased as we were to see them in January, I think they both had that little kind of air about them of, well, we've brought them in because we couldn't get Traore and because we couldn't get Diaz. And it's like Paratici has, has, has got on the phone to Juventus and said, bring them in. I would love to know whether there's truth to that or whether we're actually trying to sign all four of them. Because I think you look at those two players and you think they're good enough to have been targets regardless of whether we got Traore. And, and, you know, they play in, in different positions as well. So I think they're, they're really, really good signings. And, um, you know, where the summer transfer window, you have to say, as good as Romero has been overall, it was a mixed transfer window for for, for, for Paratici starting out. You can't say it was a, a resounding success. January, in terms of incomings, has been, has been excellent. And, and it gives you a lot of hope for what he might be able to do this summer, um, hopefully working in tandem with Conte. Yeah, yeah. Ricky, let's come to you. Um, let's talk about Tottenham Hotspur's third goal in the 88th minute. Hugo Lloris with a goal kick. Harry Kane flicked on. Hunmin Son finish. Another wonderful goal. Bro, I was jumping around the house. I was jumping <laughs> round the house. Do you know what? I watched the game in my house by myself, right? But the missus was upstairs. She's been a little bit ill. But the missus is upstairs and like, you know, throughout the game, I don't need nobody to talk to. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking to the TV and I'm talking to the Tottenham spirits because I was effing, blinding. I'm like, come on, let's do this. Let's do that. As soon as they scored that third goal, because it just settled everything. We knew that the win was going to be there. We, we wasn't going to get no 85th minute, 90th goal off of, off of West Ham. Lanzini wasn't going to rocket one from wherever he wanted to shoot from. You know, as soon as that goal went in, it just settled everything. And it was nothing more than we deserved. It was nothing more than we deserved. We had the chances, even in the first half, to have like a free goal lead, you know. But oh, it, it was just oh, it was just beautiful. Route one, route one, you know, goal kick from uh, Hugo. People talk about his distribution. It's not the greatest, but look at that today. He, he saw yeah. where Harry was, got it pinpoint. Harry out jumped the defender, whoever it was. I can't remember. It might have been Zuma at the time. But like out jumped him, not only out jumped him, but had an intelligent flick. Don't ever think that that was a fluke. Harry knew where Sonny is. He doesn't have to look for Sonny. He knows where he is. So to get that and then for Sonny to just firstly run on run on into goal 
and then slot it away as classily as he did. Oh my gosh, I was running around the room, bro. I was shouting, hollering. The missus is like, ah. I was like, babe, don't worry. We're free one up. We're free one up. Do you know what I mean? I don't even know what she said. But I was like, we're free one up. Come on, you Spurs. Do you know what I mean? And um, so, yeah, ecstatic, bro. Ecstatic. But you know what? On, on, Andy was saying there about the pace of uh, Kulazewski. You know what? He's a player. All right. First, and Mike was saying it as well there. The first two games that he, uh, Kulazewski played, we, we can only judge as Tottenham fans on what we see. So in those small cameos, the, the, the thing that we could come out with was, yes, he's got both feet. Yes, he's a bit technical. But we, we clocked that there was an electric pace, which we're used to as Tottenham fans, being on that right-hand side. Whether it be Mora, Lennon, Bale, we, we used to having pace there. But Kulu does not need the pace. Uh, it, look, he has a turn of pace. He's not, he's not rapid. He's not lightning quick. We know that. But a bit like Modric, a bit like Carrick, a bit like Berbatov, they, you know, Teddy Sheridan, these players did not need the pace. They used their pace, what they had, intelligently. And and that's what Kulu does. He uses his intelligence. Never makes an obvious ball. Always there. He, he, he can kind of dribble around three or four. He can hold people off with his square, broad shoulders. He's a big guy. He, he can deal with the physical stuff and he can deal with the technical stuff. He, get, he gets a cross in. He gets a, there's so much to his game that, like, like Andy was saying there, if he did have pace, he would be unbelievably unplayable. But you know what? He doesn't need it. He uses, he uses the pace that he has intelligently. <laughs> and for, for the side, you know, like, look, I love Lucas. I love Lucas a bit. You know, Lucas is a, a legend just for, just for the, those goals in Amsterdam, right? And, you know, he, he, he's trouble. He's a whippet. But Kulu brings something totally different to our game. Bentoncourt, all right, look, against, against Man United, he dawdled on the ball, I felt, a couple of times. He got caught out a couple of times. But the first thing he'd done against Brighton was rectify that. He was like, oh, I'm not going to do that again. And then he kind of built on that rectification today against West Ham. The, the moment, I can't remember what minute it was, but he was surrounded by players. And he'd done some yeah. twinkle toes and he'd done a turn. Mm-hmm. And it was dangerous. Mm-hmm. It was dangerous. <laughs> Think about it, if, if West Ham would have picked up that ball off of him and they, they could have had an easy yeah. run at goal there, they could have had an easy break at goal, but no, but no, Benton Core, with his intelligence, with his twinkle toes, turned him inside out and found a forward pass for Harry Kane. I know we were talking about the second goal earlier, but I didn't mention it. Think about Benton Core's pass there, another risky pass. They, they, they could, Declan Rice could have in, intercepted that. You know, if it was a little shorter, if it was less powerful, if it was less accurate, but it was perfectly placed for Harry to get on it, turn and find Sonny for that second goal. So uh, it's just beautiful to see these two coming to the side. Um, and and, and like, they, like you said there, like they've always been there. You know, it's great to get two signings in January that can affect our first 11. It was the only criticism that I had of the summer that we brought in two players that could affect the first 11, which was Romero and Emerson Royale at that point. You know, uh, the rest of the boys that came in, Galini, Hill, uh, uh, Saar, they, they wasn't there for the first team, you know? So <laughs> they brought in two players that, like um, like Conte has said, has made our squad more complete. We're, we're seeing more out of these two players than we ever have ever seen out of Ndombele and the Celso. You know, so we're in a much stronger point right now. And to jump on what Mike was saying there about January, maybe like looking at all four of the sign-ins, including Traore, I think, and Diaz, I think they were. 
I, I think we've heard it. I think we've heard it from Conte where he said, you know, we've had four go out and on mm. paper we've brought in two. So mathematically, number, number mm. wise, mm. we're short. So I think he was looking at those four players. So it's, it's all good right now. We, we, we've got Paratici looking and searching for players that can come in and affect the first 11 and affect the first 11 under a Conte system. Sky's the limit, boys. Sky's the limit. Come on. I, 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 love, I love hearing that excitement in your voice. I really do. And uh, the, the more excited you get, the more Andy is drinking his wine. <laughs> oh, you've noticed, have you? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, uh, oh, is that apparent and transparent? Yeah. Um, well, We've no, got, we got to get him on with Vega, Chris. <laughs> wow, that would be a show. That really would. Andy, let's come to you. Now, Spurs are up to fifth in the Premier League. We're now only three points away from the top four. We've played a game more than Arsenal. We've now played 29, which means we have nine games left. We've won 16. We've drawn three. We've lost 10. We've got a goal difference of plus 11. Of Now we're, of course, in the international break. How confident are you, Andy, that Tottenham Hotspur can get and will get the Champions League spot at the end of the season? This is where I leave you guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get another bottle. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, uh, I... Um, I've got to, I've got to ask the question. I know it's a very difficult one because we're up, down, up, down, up, down. But of course, it's been um, a great week. It's been the perfect week for us. A win at Brighton, a win today. Oh. Of course, we've got Newcastle next. How confident are you that Tottenham will get the Champions League spot? Or is it more realistic to say that we will get a Europa League spot or Europa Conference League spot? What, what are you thinking? Um, look, yeah, we could get Champions League. I agree with all of that. Yes, we could. We we were great today. Um, Rick, you're talking about Brighton, uh, Bentecure. Uh, what a beautiful boy put through the cane, that run. And Yes, we could. Um, I've been supporting Spurs for 300 years. Um, <laughs> can we do it? Yes, we can, but guys, Chris, as you mentioned earlier on, it was it's the consistency, as you said, win, lose, win, lose, win. And yeah. I, I, look, if we're going to do it, guys, then seriously, Conti knows this as well. We've got to get on a serious run here. Yeah, you know, we've got to beat Newcastle. We've got to go away and beat Villa as Arsenal did. I, I will bring up Arsenal. Look, I've got a, I'm one of the few Tottenham fans that look, I've got a begrudging admiration for them. Um, I don't call them the scum. I don't see them as the woolly wanderers. It, 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 at the moment, they are in the zone. I, I, I'm afraid to say they are. They're in the zone. Yes, if we beat them and we go on a run, we've got every chance. But, um, my only problem and fear uh, uh, with Tottenham, even under Conte at the moment, and he knows this, is come the crunch, come when it really matters, um, the big prize, we, 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 we either, we turn up when we're woeful, or, you know, uh, we don't, we just don't deliver. And... <clears throat> I don't know if it's part of our DNA. I don't know. Uh, we have a chance, but seriously, guys, we, we, you know, we've got to come to the front and stay at the front. 
So do you think we'll get Champions League then? No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll get Europa. I think we'll be in the Thursday Cup, which is fine. Look, you know, I don't see it as a complete disaster. As long as Conte's, Conte needs to stay and we build from there. We have got a chance. Look, not always dead and buried. No. Yeah, yeah. But I'm afraid to say I'm not one of these Tottenham fans that has got rose-tinted glasses where, course we're going to get it at both in the team. Course yeah. we're going to stay up. Circa 1977. Finishing bottom. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, we... we um, I, I hope we, we... I hope we get it. Because those European tours are great. And you yeah. do want to go to Madrid. And you do want to go to uh, uh, Munich. As opposed to some sparrow park town like, the, uh, you know, in some wilderness in far eastern Europe somewhere. Where you can hear, still hear shells going off, you know. <laughs> Oh my God! Do, do you know, Andy? It, it may come as a surprise to you, but I actually went to all of the European Conference League away games this season, um, and it was it was very very different to go into the Champions yeah. League aways, the Europa League aways, and and now yeah. going to the Europa Conference League. Very very different, um, you know, incredibly different. Mike, let's come to you now. We've got Newcastle, Villa, Brighton, Brentford, Leicester, Liverpool, Burnley, Norwich, and then of course that game to be rescheduled against oh. Arsenal. Nine Premier League games left. How confident are you, uh, if you were a betting man, would you be betting that Spurs would finish in the top four? I believe we're going to do it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just sorry to say that after you so um, perfectly describe why you're not completely confident, Andy. But sorry. I just... Tottenham is about dreaming for me, and I've mm. had my dreams dashed by Tottenham so many times over the years. I'm allowed to still dream. The fact that I'm still doing it, I think I've earned the right to, to, to dream for a little bit longer. And I just think, you know, we've known, although we've known we've been more, we're more than capable of, of, of blowing this opportunity, we know that as far as the, uh, well, Sky are concerned, because it's going to be them who show it, They've yeah. believed for a long time that this North London derby is going to be effectively a playoff for fourth place, like the trip we had to Man City under under Harry all those years ago was a playoff for fourth place. And I just feel, you know, that result today for us means I I, I believe that it's it's going to um, be the case that that will be a decider um, as much as anything. Because we, as I said earlier on, we've shown now. We've proved to ourselves as much as anyone else that we've got the consistency to, to string two wins together. And we've got to do that. We've got to take um, as many points as we can in these this run of games. And, and, you know, obviously it's about us as opposed to anyone else first and foremost. But provided we can do that, I have to say, looking at the fixtures that Arsenal have got, they've got some horrible fixtures on paper. Yeah. And the other thing is, and I completely agree with Andy. I don't have a problem at all saying Arsenal are playing well. There's a lot to admire about what they've done this season from that horrendous start they had where we thought that, you know, people were talking about them being relegated, which was ridiculous. But, you know, it was really poor at the start of the season. They've turned that around. But I have to say, with the exception of a very poor Spurs side on the day, they haven't beaten any of the top six 
in the in the league this season in any of their fixtures, Arsenal. Every, you know, every time they yeah they played very well against Manchester City, they lost. They played very well against Liverpool, they lost. If Arsenal are going to get top four, they're going to have to get a result in one of these games at least against what well, they got Chelsea away, Man United at home, Spurs away. They're going to have to get a result somewhere, and they may do it. If they do it, we'll have to hold our hands up and say they've deserved it. Yeah. But I think that's the crucial thing. Yes, we've got a mental block about can we turn up for the, the, the real crunch fixture where we know it's an all-or-nothing match, like the Champions League final, like countless other games we've seen. Liverpool away last season under Jose where we could have gone top and it didn't happen. But yeah, absolutely. So much pressure on us, but there's pressure on Arsenal as well. Can they truly deliver a result against one of the top sides? And on the evidence we've seen so far this season, they're a very good footballing side, but they don't quite have that edge. And... I have to believe that's going to be how it plays out, but we'll see. Is that the team you're most worried about, Mike, Arsenal? Yeah, I think so. I think so because I just think Ralph Ragnick looked like you could see the logic of what Man United would do appointing him, but I just think now they're out of the, the, the Champions League and I just think there's just a real feeling amongst the the, 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 the squad there from what you, you read. There's divisions there, there's, there's players' sort of comments coming out um, that get leaked into the press. And I just feel they know it's very hard to perform when you know for certain this is someone who's keeping the seat warm for another manager next season. That might prove to be the case with Conte, but I don't think anyone can say for certain he won't be here next season. And I just think it's that edge. They've got the best squad of, of the teams competing for the top four Man United. I think most people would say that, but they don't have the best team. And, and you know, credit to them. They Ronaldo was fantastic against us last week, but we, uh, you know, had ourselves to blame in that match to a, to a very large extent. So I think it's between us and Arsenal. And uh, let's just hope. If, if you said to me now that we'll, when that fixture, probably in the last week of the season is played, that is going to be a decider. If we can be in a position where that's a decider, I will settle for that and I will accept the result whichever way it goes. Ricky, you've been on this channel, um, you know, every month, basically, during this season. And I've asked you the same question, where you think Spurs will finish in the Premier League. We've got nine games left now. What are you thinking? Oh, the last time I said, uh, the last time I was on, I said six, didn't I? And uh, the whole panel said six after, after that Man United result. But today, my belief is high. My heart is high. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do, Chris? What am I, how am I supposed to answer this, bro? Like, look, right now, okay, the one thing that we've got is Antonio Conte, who is a born serial winner. Right now, we're starting to see the Conte Tottenham. We're starting to see them act off of instinct on positions in play. Right now, we've got a Harry Kane who is not only just on fire, but is yep. mentally ready to take on this challenge. That is loving life under Conte. That is seeing the whole side progress. Do you know, you know what I mean? We've got Sonny there on overlaps. We've got a young Swede called Kulazewski, who is there, who is a technical G on the right-hand side right now. We've got a partnership in midfield, which we, the fans, can trust. If we, we're not just talking about Benson Kerr, but look at Hoiberg today. Like Mike was saying earlier, not only is he there breaking up play, picking up the ball, finding short passes, but he, he's, he's there and doing kind of assists that you, or, or like chip balls for, for goal-scoring um, opportunities that nobody kind of expects from him, which is, which is a beautiful thing to see. We're starting to see this back four 
back sorry back five in total kind of start to work together start to trust each other and we've st- we ain't even hit our peak yet so with all of these things it, it, it can only it can only say to me that i mean we can do it of course we can do it of course we can do it, it, it you know ali gold said it and it's an old godfather quote but every time that you think you're out they bring you back in they bring you they just draw you back in and the one thing Larry said last last week, I think it was after Man United, where he was like, it's not over. And you saw the boys not only say it, but show it against Brighton, against West Ham today. West Ham today is a massive game. Yes, they had 120 minutes against Seville, Seville during the week, but they were at home. They didn't have travelling time as well. We all know it's their cup final. We all know that they love to not only score at Tottenham, but to win at Tottenham. And... It, so, so we had a lot against us today, but we showed up and we showed up in a way in which says that these boys want it and they're starting to believe it. So yeah. if the boys believe it, if Antonio believes it, I've got to believe it. I've got to back them. Look at that crowd today. That crowd today, if that crowd continues to support us in the high moments and the low, I mean, come on. Of course it's there for us. It's cool. Of course it's there for us. So are we going to do it? I don't, We've got Liverpool to play. It's the only one that I'm really worried about in this last run-in. But can... Are we going to... Do you know what? I I was going to swear. I was going to swear, but I'm not going to swear. I'm just going to say, today, (laughs) yes, we are. Yes, we are. It took me a long time to get there. But, Chris, we can do it. We can get that top four. Of course we can. Andy, let's come to you. Um, I think three of us are convinced, and I think three of us are, are back into it. I'm not sure Andy's there yet. Are you? We'll get um, in there. <laughs> yeah, I want to be. Look, um, Mike was talking about um, it, he's in, and you're right, Mike. Look, you are entitled to dream. I too used to dream, but my dreams of Spurs have become nightmares. Um, <laughs> um, We've had a few of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, over the last 58 years I've been going and supporting them for 60 so you know but you, you've seen yeah. trophies then Andy you, you've you seen trophies tell us about the trophies <laughs> yes I, I have yeah, I, yeah, yeah FA Cups and uh, yeah I was there with the Europeans and, and great I feel sorry for the younger generation today that haven't seen that but um, uh, look I want to believe like the rest of you uh Actually, look, we could reach right, we could do it, and, and Mike is right as well. Look, if it all comes together, Chris, yes, we could do it, you know, per chance to dream. <laughs> it, it, but we're Spurs, um, we are <laughs> Tottenham, aren't we? And yeah, it, 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 it's like I don't know, it's it's happened like so many the, times. It's it? like winning the derby and get uh, and getting disqualified. You know, it's kind of yeah. Um, but we could do it. I just feel if we keep Conte, I don't know about Champions League next season, but if we keep him and trust him, possibly it's a gamble, yes. But the board needs to. We have a future. Whether we get Champions League this season or not, or we get fifth. Uh, and we go into uh, uh, Europa, and uh, uh, but I believe if we keep him, 
Um, we, I think we got a gamble, guys. Don't you? you? I think. Don't you think the board maybe we've got a gamble on a serial winner, as Rick said. He's a shit. You I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask that in a second, Andy, on the final question. But um, because 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 you and Mike are, are on here for the very very first time, I just wanted to ask you why you support Spurs. What got you into Tottenham, and what was your first game, Andy? Let's start with you. Uh, well, I'm from. I used to live in Tottenham. Um, uh, I'm from Tottenham. Um, I, although I was born in Bandit Country, Islington. Uh, uh, the Whittington, so consequently, yeah, if we had a move from uh, uh, Islington, I don't know when it's starting to win the bloody league, but there you are. Um, um, so I was, um, uh, I was brought up in Tottenham, Owl, uh, around Tottenham, and uh, as a kid, you support the team that was on your manor. There wasn't a case of you know, oh man, you, I, I mean, there weren't shirts, there wasn't. You, you know, you, you had a, a rosette. <laughs> you a rosette. Or you might have a skull. You know, that was it. Um, so, yeah, I'm a Tottenham lad. And I'm very, very fortunate to see, uh, you, you know, the likes of Greaves and Mackay, my favourite player, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, my Saturday afternoon heroes. That's why I'm a Spurs fan. I'm a, uh, brought up in Tottenham. Mike, what about you? Well, um, I was still slightly bad with this because I wish I could say that, you know, I have the sort of heritage of, of growing up in the area and uh, I've come from generations. <laughs> Maybe not. But um, no, I'm, I'm afraid I kind of, uh, I'm, I'm from Bournemouth. Bournemouth should be my team. But the truth is, growing up, I wasn't into football at all, really, as a, as, as, as a child. It just wasn't sort of something I was into. But it kind of all changed with the 1990 World Cup really got into to football then and obviously there were some key uh, England players who played for Tottenham and it just turned out that a load of my friends who were into football I didn't realise were Tottenham fans and they kind of converted me that way and it's just stuck ever since and it's just been an absolute obsession, a joy, a heartache, everything but you know every step of the way I've lived uh, as a Tottenham fan ever since and as for my first game, finally got to go and see a game at White Hart Lane uh, when I was uh, 16, I think it was. I got to see, uh, I think it's a fixture which we can all live long in the memory for everyone. It was uh, FC Zimbru Chisinau of uh, Moldova in the UEFA Cup. But it was it was an exciting game because it was. Yeah. It seemed like it was the first time we were back in Europe after goodness knows how long. Um, under, I think after we won the, the Worthington Cup with uh with with George Graham so so that was an exciting night under the lights of the lane and, and seeing the likes of Chris Perry and Oivin Leonardson score <laughs> right in front of me that night I was I was hooked and uh, I certainly had no idea of what was to follow in the the, the 20 odd years that have come since <laughs> Andy I'll come back to you now final question for you all and it's, it's a big one by the way so uh you know answer it how you how you wish Antonio Conte, do you think he's going to be successful at Tottenham Hotspur? Do you think he will lift a trophy at Spurs? And what are you expecting Antonio Conte will get in the summer in terms of players and your definition of him being backed? Well, Joe, I think he's going to be... I'm hoping he'll be at Spurs. Um, I, I really am, as I said earlier on. <laughs> Look, if he's not, 
guys that means what we start all over again on a new project uh yes i i'm hoping look if we do get top four yes he will stay and again look i don't mean to bring the ball into the scenario but he needs to be backed we have to trust him and if he stays we've got every chance of picking up as mike said the worthington cup the three-handle <laughs> we can do this boys we've done it before and you know no seriously if he stays um on a serious note andy he antonio conte is not here to be picking up a carabao cup is he he wants the big prizes he wants of to course. compete for the premier league of course making light of it look we want him to stay He's a serial winner at Chelsea, Juve, Juventus, and the Italian side. I can't remember. He brought them up into the... Inter. Um, uh, it was a, an Italian B, so Serie B. Um, so, yes, he is a serial winner, and you're right. He, he wants the league. He wants <laughs> Europe. Um, look, guys, fingers crossed um, that we keep him... He's the best we could have got. And I want to believe. So you think it will be successful, yeah? I hope so. Uh, now, <laughs> I, it's down to the bowlers, but they've got to back him. If yeah. they back him, we have every chance of winning something. Don't Andy, I'm gonna... that we went two transfer windows without buying anyone and, and that was detrimental yeah mike i'm really interested to hear your view on this because uh, i've counted three times that you've mentioned if antonio conte stays i just don't know and that's the problem i have to be honest i feel more confident answering will we finish fourth than i am will conte stay and i i just don't know and yeah absolutely i want i want to believe i want him to stay but also, I have to be honest and say there's part of me that, you know, all these press conferences he's had where he's alluded to the possibility of him leaving and, you know, people analyse what he says. Is it kind of sending a message to the players? Is it sending a message to the board? I want Conte to stay, but I want a motivated Conte to stay. And I think, you know, yeah. if we went into next season and, you know, obviously part of it is going to be backing him and, and you know, giving him the players, you know, within reason that he expects to get. Um then that's great and, and and we can feel he's really up for it. But if he, he sort of goes into it and he's a bit jaded and, and, and doesn't feel right about it and he's casting an eye at, at, at other clubs, then honestly, I would rather we just sort of said, OK, thanks, thanks for your time. And we do what would truly be, I think, the painful rebuild that we've spoken about for so many years where we probably would see some major players leave and we'd have to say it's the start of a, a longer-term project under perhaps a, a younger manager who's going to develop the side. But I think the truth is Conte said a lot in the last sort of few months that the way English football works is that there's the four sides at the top and there's a possibility each season of one of them dropping out. And this year it's Man United and that's the opportunity we want to get in with what's happened at Chelsea in the last few weeks, we don't know what's going to happen. They might get snapped up by someone with huge wealth before the end of the season and we'll say, OK, that's them secured for the next few years. But there's a possibility that next year it's not going to be 
one Champions League place that's up for grabs or one place in the top four. It could be two places in the top four. So I just feel if ever the club needed encouragement to think with the right man in charge, with the right investment, we can really achieve something. It's probably going to be in the months to come. So, you know, that gives me a lot of excitement, but it also gives me some trepidation of the fact that, you know, we've not always done that when the opportunity has been there. So I hope Conte will stay. I hope he's going to be backed. But I can't say I'm afraid anything more decisive than I just don't know. <laughs> I just can't imagine, Mike, that the fact that we would go from Pochettino to Jose Mourinho to Antonio Conte and not be successful. It can't happen, can it? I know. It's when you put it that way, it's horrible, isn't it? You just you just can't believe it's that whole thing about how you know people said, Oh, Tottenham are gonna break Conte, you know, this this guy who's successful everywhere he goes. It's 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 it it is unthinkable. Um, but you know, we just have to see. My, my hope is that all of these quotes from Conte is because he wants to succeed at Tottenham, he is sending out a message, and that the club did their research. They knew they've got um, Paratici there who knows Conte better than anyone, who knows what he's like. And so they're not going to be too um, reactionary when he comes out with these post-match statements and, and suggests he could be off. They know he's going to calm down after a few days and, and, and go again. But there's going to be a long-term vision of the fact that, you know, hopefully it was going to be those four players in January and not just the two. And if we get top four, then we can say, right, that's our chance to really invest in a way that we didn't do when we were getting top four for those successive windows under Pochettino. So that's that's definitely the hope. Mike, what's realistic for you in terms of signing players in the summer transfer window? Because as Andy said, right at the start of the stream, um, you know, we hadn't signed a striker since I think mm -hmm. 2017. Uh, Fernando, Fernando Lorente was the last striker that we actually signed on a permanent deal. It's crazy, isn't it? But what's realistic for you in, in the summer window to back Conte? I just think, to me, it sounds like an obvious thing to say. No one's going to disagree with this, but I just feel for us it's quality over quantity now. That I think, you know, that's the lesson really from the summer compared to January. That in January, yeah. we were all a bit disappointed it was just the two players from Juventus, but they've come in and they, they, they start every game. And I think it's that yeah. thing of how, you know, I would rather, going back to when we sold Bale and, you know, the, the, um, the Garth Crooks, I think it was, quote about how we sold Elvis and bought the Beatles and we were so excited with that. But it's like, you know, it's just if you can bring in someone who is going to have absolute top quality. So not necessarily hit the ground running, but after, you know, a, a, a short period, be acclimatised to the Premier League if they're coming from overseas and really make a difference. That's what I want to see. And so, yeah, it would be fantastic to to um, bring in a, a top quality back up to Kane if, if we can hold on to him. But clearly it's, it's the wing backs. I think we need a new right back. We need a new left back. I suspect, I say we need a new um, left back because I personally think, um, there's all this talk of, of, of Regulon going in the summer. I, I just feel it's, it's, it's a, we're hearing it a bit too regularly now for it there not to be something in that. So I think we're going to need two new wing-backs if Conte stays, a new central defender, and um, certainly perhaps another central midfielder. That would be my priorities, I think. Ricky, let's come to you. You're very used to me asking this same question. Yeah, bro. But you know what? I'm going to keep my message a bit consistent, a bit like the team today, um, which is, you know, do not worry about Conte staying or staying on or, or going. It's wasted energy right now. He, for, 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 from my point of view, he will be there next year at the very least. 
because he loves to leave the side that he's been with stronger than they are. And we ain't as strong as we need to be. He's only just started building. He's only brought in two players for his system. So he's going to want a summer to get more of those. And it's not like 100 million pound players. We're talking about the right players in the right positions that can give the, the everything that Conte wants, not only physically, not only technically, but mentally as well, right? So as long as we get those players in, he's going to have us challenging next year. He's going to have us challenging next year. And what I would say to everyone out there is like, don't worry about whether he stays or he goes. At one point, he's going to go. He was at Chelsea where he had everything. And after he won, he left. After Inter, he won, he left. So he could be with us, win the league and leave. So it's all good to love him, but don't be in love with him. Like Poch, do you know what I mean? Like, love him right now. And and that's not definitive either, whether he will go after winning with us. If but Ricky, the fan base, are, are you confident that he's bringing the trophies first before he does go? Yeah, absolutely, bro. I think, I think we are going to see a period of success. And I don't know what that's going to be whether that's a, a, a good long run in, a, in the Champions League or whether we challenge again at the top of the table in the, in the Premier League or whether we pick up a trophy or two. I, I, I think it's all there because you can see the level that he brings to the side and the demands that he puts on, 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 on this Tottenham team. And you've seen them be encouraged by it and inspired by it and we're seeing it week in, week out now that, all right, cool, if, if we carry on listening to him, if we carry on working off, if we carry on suffering, then then the big results, the good results, the, the results that are going to push us forward, they are going to come. So it's it, it, like the boys have said, it's all about this summer. You know, I, I think he's going to want to be there to get his players in, to work work with Tottenham. Uh, I think he's, I think that he is um, encouraged by working with a kind of quote-unquote underdog, uh, you know, one that's not the favourite for the title. Because if we, if he can build what we all hope that he can build, then how much bigger of an achievement is that for him? He could go to PSG, he could go to Real Madrid and win the league, he could go and do that, you know. That, but that's gonna, I mean, what type of challenge is that? Right now, he's had the, a massive challenge. He's had to come through adversity to get us where we are right now. So if he can see, and all we've asked for, Chris, from the beginning of the season, is progression, and that's what we've yeah. seen under uh, uh, under Conte. So if he can see this progression, if he can see that not only the, the the players that he's got, he's been able to improve and see a progression from them, but when he gets what he needs, how far can we actually reach? How far can we go? So don't worry, don't worry about whether he stays or goes. He's going to be with us at least for next season. I, I, I believe that in my heart. All we have to do is back him. And what, what I mean by that as a fan base, again, is that when we're winning, sing. And when we're losing, pick him up pick those boys up and he appreciates that. He sees that. Do you know what I mean? He encourages it. You know, he like you called him when he first turned up, bro. You called him the conductor. Why? Because he can he conducted the crowd as well as the side on the field. So yeah. the sky's the limit for us. The sky's the limit for us under Antonio Conte. A bit like Harry Kane. Harry Kane was always leaving. You gotta remember after his one season wonder, oh yeah he's gonna go this summer. Oh yeah he's gonna go this summer. But did he not start the season wearing a top uh, wearing a cockerel on his shirt? Yeah, he did. So while Conte's wearing a cockerel on his shirt, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Let the press and let Twitter and let everybody else deal with Tottenham negative headlines because they love it. Let's not get wrapped up in it. We've got a bigger roller coaster. We've, we've you know, we've had heartache up and down the whole season so far, just dealing with the the football results and and our side on the field. Don't worry about what's going on outside of it. 
let Conte do what he's doing. Remember, key word that he said about press conferences is strategy. So he's going to use the press conferences to implement the strategy that he needs, which is to the board, stop talking, start acting. Start acting. Don't talk to me about, oh, you're going to get me this, are oh, you going to give me this, but act. Show me what you're going to bring to the table. And if you bring what, you know, if you bring what you say you're going to bring, then I'm going to be here to, 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 to cook it up and, and put out a five-star course for you guys over, over next season and over the seasons to come. So it's super encouraging. Don't you worry about it. Uh, Conte's got Kane. He's playing poker right now with the board. He's got Kane in his pocket right now in the sense of they're, they're interlinked. If Conte goes, do you not think that Harry Kane is going to think, well, I'm not here for another up and down, up and down, up and down. I thought we was building something. Again, it's another full stone. Well, maybe I'll look for a move now. Listen, Levy's, Levy's backed into a corner right now where he has to deliver. He has to put the money on the table and back Conte and back Paratici with the players and the system and everything else going forward. And then who knows, bro? Who knows what we can achieve? Not only this season, but the end of next season. Well, just a couple of quotes here. One from Harry Kane. He said, great feeling, back-to-back -back wins at an important time. Big push after the international break. Hunmin Son said the performance, the effort and the commitment was fantastic. Um, of course it was, winning 3-1 today. Um, Andy, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. Uh, well, can you find you can find me on social media. Uh, yes, I don't do a lot. I'm a bit of an acronym. What am I up to? Quickly, guys. Yeah, I'm going up to Edinburgh. I'm doing a one-man play about the fluctuating fortunes of a horse racing tipster called Baxter versus the Bookies. I have two Edinburgh previews on the 17th and 18th of July at the Hen and Chickens, where the Hen and Chickens, which is St Paul's Road, uh, it's Bandit Country, Highbury and Islington, I will repeat that, Bandit <laughs> Country, <laughs> at the Hen and Chickens, um, but turn up if you are an Arsenal fan, but you might enjoy it, uh, so I'm doing that at the moment, uh, uh, Baxter versus the Bookies, up to Edinburgh, to lose a fortune, Come back and uh, watch Tottenham. Uh, that, that's what I'm up to. Andy, I've got a lot. I've got to ask before you go. Um, what was it like being part of the Harry Potter series? Uh, great, I enjoyed it. A uh, wonderful gig to do. They really look after you. They gave me a, a lovely uh, Sky Sports little TV there in my Winnebago. Watching uh, was it West Ham Millwall? I think it League Cup. Well, what a war that was! Um, uh, so, yes, I thought you said they treated you nicely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was wonderful. A uh, 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 great match. Uh, and then they pulled me uh, off to uh, um, uh, do a bit of work. Uh, uh, I, I did say that they are going into extra time. But, you know, you need me. All right, fine. They, they did look after you. It's a great gig to do. Um, I went to the uh, the, the premiere red carpet i i couldn't believe uh, I, I have no idea about harry potter i was more into lord of the rings as a kid it was a, they asked me so many ridiculous questions at the preview what are these kids gonna do now they asked me what well, um you know uh, uh now harry potter's finished i i, I don't know turn to smack i've no oh idea. my god i've no idea yeah 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 
And it, you know, I've got these Japanese people asking me what's it like to, you know, ride on a broom. Look, you have to remember it is pretend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's all make believe. You, you, you know. Uh, but uh, no, it was great. They look after you. Uh, I, I had a great time. Well, thanks so much for your time, Andy. Really appreciate uh, you coming thank on. Thank you so yeah. much for having me on and uh, putting up with my ramblings. No, it's been a pleasure. Um, Mike, um, thanks so much as well for, for coming on the uh, the channel. Really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, tell everyone where, where they can find your wonderful work and uh, yourself on social media. Uh, so I'm at AppsMike on Twitter and um, you can find me on uh, BBC South today, obviously, if you're in the south of England and on uh, iPlayer. And I have to say, well, I've got the next week off. But I've just had a week um, of uh, presenting the, the, the breakfast bulletins and I did the week before the week before that of doing it, where I have to get up at 3.20 in the morning. So I'm supposed to be disciplined oh. and get to bed um, <laughs> at a reasonable time. But unfortunately, I think the first one was we had, I was I was on the early start when we had uh, Burnley away. And I'm thinking, I, I really must have watched this, but of course I found myself still watching it. And then having that, probably the worst night's sleep I've ever had on that shift, where you just, you're so deflated and you've got to like, think I've got to go to work in a couple of hours time and then uh you know Brighton this week was was also a challenge so I'm just I'm just hoping that this North London derby is not on a midweek where I have to get up at 3 20 in the morning after that and I can just enjoy it and because uh, because there's, there's no way I'm going to be able to avoid watching that but um but no it's, yeah. been, it's been a real pleasure to to be on I, I've uh, enjoyed listening to all three of you with your views on Spurs over the years and it's been a pleasure to to to, to meet you and take part in this tonight Thank you so much, Mike. And uh, Ricky, thanks so much as always. Oh, my pleasure, bruv. Always a pleasure and an honour. Um, you know, I always love coming on. Um, the, the boys, as they know, you can find me on Twitter, at Ricky J Norwood, on Insta, official Ricky Norwood. But Chris, before we go, you've got to tell us how training's going. You've got to let everybody know, the boys know, and everybody watching tonight, that you're running a marathon, what you're running for, etc., etc. Give us an update. Give us an update, bruv. <laughs> the update is I'm exhausted, Ricky. That's uh, that's oh, the truth. Mate. Oh, mate, but keep going, keep going. You're doing it yeah, it's, fantastic. It's going very well, and, and thank you to everybody who has sponsored me so far um, for for a, a great um, cause. Prostate cancer um, is in October, so lots of training still to do. So yeah, thanks very much for that, Ricky. Um, Ricky, just before we do go, um, are you are you up to anything um, important at the moment, or are you still doing auditions? I'm, st I'm still auditioning, my friend. Um, so we, we had two pencils, which means basically like you're, you're close to getting the part, but not close enough. Um, one, one dropped, one dropped. We didn't get one of them, but we've still got another pencil. So I was hoping to hear by the end of this week, maybe Monday, maybe Tuesday, early next week, I should hear something. So fingers crossed, we shall see. But if that doesn't come through, then we'll just go again, my friend. We'll go again. Andy, there's been a few comments actually in this stream uh, during this hour and fifty show about you possibly going into EastEnders, saying saying that you would be great running the Queen Vic. Well, the problem being doing EastEnders is that I've got a Cockney accent, um, so <laughs> uh, I, I did do one episode years and years ago, and, and I mean, a pal of mine used to do it regularly. Cliff Parisi, we're, we're old pals. Yeah, um, yeah we. we yeah, um, oh my yeah. God, we go back to um, well, I don't know the Norman period really. I'd say the <laughs> <Burgess>. um, <laughs> 
Um, you know, just before the invasion, we were a double eight back then. Um, so it was all quite medieval. But, um, uh, yeah, um, I, I did a, a little stint for him, but it, it was... Uh, um, yes, uh, so I won't be doing it. I, I can't see me uh, doing EastEnders. I'd like to have a little go, but uh, I, I just can't see it, to be honest, really. Um, uh, we, 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 can get you in, you, we can get you in as, a, as, as, as my old uncle. And you can bring me back from the dead and we can walk into the square wearing our Tottenham scarves. That's what we can oh, do. That would be wonderful because they're all <laughs> uh, West Ham fans. They're all welcomers yeah. there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to. I've just got to try and get my tongue around the Cockney action. That's the problem. <laughs> And just while we're on the actor's theme, um, Mike, we did have a comment earlier saying that you were a little bit like Hugh Grant. Oh, oh, oh nice. uh, well, yeah. I'll take that. Yes, uh, uh, I'll take oh, that. I, you know, there is a little bit of David Nibbon about me. Yes, oh. I can be quite. Uh, <laughs> funny, yes, uh, yes uh, you're not wrong. There is. Um, I, I, I um, yes, I, I know Hugh vaguely. I, we shared a flat in Edinburgh in 1984, I do believe it was. We, um, uh, uh, they, he was in the job. I bought a crap out here. He was in. A review troupe called the Jockeys of Norfolk, and we 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 all shared a um a, a flat up in Edinburgh. Uh, a nice lad, you Fulham fan. Not that you yep. want to know that, but there you are. <laughs> well, Andy, Ricky, and Mike, thanks so much for your time this evening, and thank, thank you so much, much to everybody for watching all of the comments. Um, it's been a, a good week for Spurs, beating Brighton on Wednesday, beating West Ham this evening, moving up to fifth in the Premier League. Let's hope that Tottenham can push for that top four spot and we get Champions League football for next season. Harry Kane stays, Antonio Conte stays, and he is successful and lifts trophies at Spurs in the future. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on. Come on. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7 with supplies and solutions for every industry and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. 
Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.